Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. Michelin Pilot Challenge on IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. 107.9 around the circuit. Good to have your company. Uh, it's uh, Adam and John Hindorf. Hello to Blur Fiend and to Jerry Z, who were on the ground here. Love the T-shirt, Blur Fiend. Um, not working this weekend, fixing Porsches. Jerry Z drove up this morning for Southern Florida. Thank you, gentlemen, and to the rest of you who have joined us. Good morning again, Shay Adam. Good morning, John Heinoff. And we do have some drivers here that we didn't see yesterday. I want to start things off with Gavin Earnstone. Gavin, welcome back to the Michelin Pilot Challenge. We know that you've got a new car ready to go, but you're still in the steady steed that you had last year. What's in the decision-making to save the new car for Sebring? To be honest with you, we didn't get the car in time. Uh, we were, it was literally the last car to come out of the factory. Yeah, it got delivered into the U.S. on about the 12th of January so we just had no time to get it prepped uh, would love to have driven it but also want to see how the JDC guys do with their new car so that they can get all the problems out of it and we'll see I love this car here though I made a bit of a mess of one last year uh, so it's good to be back here and kind of right my wrongs so uh, we'll see how the weekend goes it's always a good track for us uh, so we'll see what the times it like but the Honda was awfully quick yesterday I haven't seen a 58 flat I don't think ever so uh, we'll see what happens green flag is out as you can hear behind me the car noise going on and on very smart decision and yesterday you guys sat out that second practice session not bringing the car out not running no practice driver changes what's the thinking in that saving a set of tires honestly there is so much practice time with a car that we've we've been developing for four years and it was we almost thought about just doing sunday and for us on the west coast it's sort of we'd have had to fly home on monday and then fly back on tuesday and then we got plenty of practice wednesday thursday obviously race friday so it's really a ton of track time and we're not looking to develop anything it's the same car so it's just getting in some lap times we don't need to be pounding out there doing a ton of laps it's true you've got two and a half uh, two and a third times the race distance in practice between the roar and then the rolex week but you mentioned knowing this car very well the new car coming up that's going to be a different kettle of fish for you guys learning that new car without the help of audi customer racing in essence because that's not here in north america anymore so how much more difficult is it for you guys as audi customers to now have to deal directly with germany great question and a great bone of contention right um so we're gonna have to figure it out we've been having this discussion all really all year uh because i ordered the new car probably eight months ago um you know to get in the production line etc and we there was a lot of conversations about what the level of support will be for audi and we come to the conclusion that us as the audi teams will kind of self-support we'll get data from germany uh, our guys have been doing this a long time we've got great teams and so it's really just going to be a case of self-supporting and making it work i think there is a lot of difference with the new car from the old car uh, specifically on how the car drives the driver positioning everything else is completely different so we do have a test in atlanta uh, unfortunately we're missing the the imsa test at sebring so we're going to do that thing is pretty loud uh, 
We're doing a uh, our test in Atlanta for a couple of days to really start working on the car and get it sorted. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes and take it from there. You've won at some great tracks in IMSA in the past. What's the goal for the 2023 season? Win every single race and win the championship. Next question. <laughs> Good luck to you, <laughs> Anton Morley. Thanks, Gav. Thanks so much, Shay. See you soon. <laughs> Say hello for me. Shay, if you wouldn't mind. Gavin Ernstone. Oh, worth the price of admission on his own. 43 cars on the start list here. And we've already had 37 of them out on track, 36 of them out on track. We're waiting for a couple still to come out the pits, including the Alfa Romeo, Romeo Giulietta, Veloce, Tim Lewis yet to appear. Victor Gonzalez in the car that was really quick yesterday, the new FK7 TCR Honda, that's the number 99 car. Steven Vajeda in the Ford Mustang number 79 still in the piss. The McLaren Artura number 69 serving still a drive through as well. And oh, that's serving a drive through, is it? Yeah. yeah, I don't know what for, but they are currently serving a drive through. A couple of those cars that you just mentioned, the Ford Mustang to kick things off from uh, NV Autosport, I think is the name, not actually on the pit lane, still behind the wall. They had an issue in the first practice session for the Michelin Pilot Challenge yesterday. Um, I'm in the pit box right now of RS1, which is once again empty. Uh, after texting with Stephen McLear yesterday, he said that they know the car very well, having won the race, and very similar to what Kevin Ernstone just said, they're not sure how much they can learn from these practice sessions. So they're not here yet, but they do have tires in the back of their area. Uh, oh, no, wait, those have 42 on them. They are for NTE Sports. So no sign of life from RS1 as far as today is concerned. Um, who was the other car that you were mentioning there that not out on the pit lane yet? Oh, uh, the Alpha. Yeah. The Alpha is going to be running a limited session today because one of their drivers needs to drive home, I believe. Okay. Interesting. Uh, again, this is not mandatory for Michelin Pilot Challenge. It is for the WeatherTech Championship. Um, but obviously for the opportunity... the cars, not the drivers. It's Correct. important to denote. Correct. Absolutely right. Absolutely right here. Four hours is the contest that these guys will have on the Friday before the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona. Friday afternoon racing, we love it. One of two four-hour races, the other being into the darkness at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I'm just going to let that sink in for a moment in case you hadn't heard the news at the back end of last season. Four hours into the darkness on the road cars across the bricks at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Yes, how good is that? And by the way, you'll be able to camp on the infield as well for that uh, IMSA GT cars weekend. GT and endurance racing at the weekend. GTPs around the road cars. <laughs> That's on the Sunday. And to whet your appetite, four hours of pilot challenge on Saturday night at, uh, at IMSA Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with us, whether you're here on the grounds, 107.9 right across the weekend. RS2. Stay tuned to RS2 today, by the way. Even between our live sessions, Tim Gray's got a whole load of uh, relevant content to go between. You might just have heard uh, Robin Liddell and Frank Dupuy talking about this season. We've got more interviews to come there throughout the uh, gaps between the live action today, just to give us a, a wee bit of a breather. And for those of you uh, at the track, Greg Kramer, making sure you know everything that is going on. If you're planning to come to Daytona for the 24, for the Rolex 24 
Remember our big fan festival on Wednesday night. I've told more than... Oh, spin for the McLaren, number 69. I'll come back to that in a wee moment. Alex Filsinger. Alex Filsinger in the Aircast white, teal blue and mauve Artura. Now, pink. It's are, pink. Are we calling it pink? Oh, right. oh yeah. It looks great just, up close in person. Just drove off, actually. It wasn't a spin on the exit of the Western Horseshoe. Um, yeah, 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 that's a problem. I thought he was recovering from a spin as we were watching the Ford behind him. But, in fact, he's just pulled off and immediately gone onto the infield. He's going to drop in behind one of the shuttles and try and make it back to the pit lane from the back. He'll go through... In fact, I think that was turn. Was that turn f- five? Was that turn? No, that was actually it was the international horseshoe. My apologies. So now I can actually see him coming back down the return road Full to the credit. back of the pits. Full credit to him, though, John. He's yeah, a yeah. driver who's never raced an IMSA before, and that shows you that he paid attention in the driver briefing to look for the orange overlaps, which on this track most of the time are on drivers' left, left. but in the infield they are on drivers' right at a couple of different spots. But to be able to pay attention to that, that's going to benefit his entire MIA team because they're now going to be able to get the car back, be able to work on it, instead of the car being stranded out potentially somewhere around the track while they wait and hope for a red flag for someone else to then be able to recover their car. Well, he knows the width of that McLaren Artura because he's driven it through the gap and uh, is heading into the back of the garages. The Pilot Challenge cars are in the blue garages, uh, which are to the pit-out end of things. Uh, Let me finish my thought about next Wednesday evening. More than 100 drivers from all the series will be signing autographs on uh, Wednesday. We've got cars on display. Am I allowed to say which drivers will be talking to on stage that would be an emily question yeah i've 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 had the thumbs up on our production chat uh, it will be the msr drivers all the msr drivers will be joining me on stage for a little bit of q a we'll have some fun and there's always something to be won as well plus an opportunity a brilliant opportunity gets uh, some bits and pieces signed with more than 100 imsa drivers it's at one daytona wednesday night Check uh, one day Turner or imsa.com for all of the details. We'll see you there. An hour and 20 to go. Right, we've got some times to talk about now, so let's have a look at what we've uh, got up on the screen. And. Ha! Uh, the Mia McLaren is back, John. Ah! Already, he came straight back through the paddock and back out onto the pit lanes so while Wander down there as soon as the JDC Audi pulls safely into its box, and then I'll go around the outside of that new car to see what's playing in the McLaren, but it's all in one piece, and the mechanics are already at work. So, Alex, tip of the cap for that heads-upness. Luca Mars, Core Motorsports, at the top of the times at the moment with a 153.3. Uh, uh, Chad McCombie from McCombie McAleer Racing. 154.0. And a little off on the far side of the track. Now, that is the Western Hairpin, and that's the number 88 Aston Mark Vantage GT. Conrad Grunewald uh, in that car. The Archangel Motorsport Machine sits in fourth position just behind the Jeff Westball car barn with Peregrine, then the Will Sports Machine, then BGB Porsche, then Team TGM and an Aston Martin, of course. Birillo Racing, EMG GT, uh, Turner Motorsports, and 
Robin Liddell into the top 10 for Rebel Rock Racing. <laughs> uh, John, what do you do if you have a problem with your race car? What is the first problem uh, solution that you try nowadays? Switch it off and switch it off. Yep, and then when that doesn't work, what do you do? Control out the lead. Yeah. And then when that doesn't work, new steering wheel. Ah. That's what Mia's doing at this point. Fantastic. And TCR, well, they sat out yesterday because they didn't need to learn very much. John Morley proves that is correct. The uh, number 61 Audi is top of the shop in TCR from Mike Lamara in the number 73 Honda and then Steve Aiken, the heart number 89. Bit of a problem for the green Aston Martin. Damage to the uh, left front of the splitter and one or two bits of... Uh, one or two bits of carbon falling off that car, so we'll keep an eye head down there then. on that. Out on the circuit, the Stars and Stripes number 29, Aston Martin, Van Nietzsche, John Branham for, for uh, TR3 Racing. Looking an absolute picture at the moment. It's going out onto the high banks. What a good looking car that Van Nietzsche is. Almost looks like it's got a convertible top on it with the dark top and the silver with the stars and stripes. I promise you, it isn't a rag top. And there is a roll cage underneath there. And they really would like to keep the roof on. Yeah, which, yes. Where were we? We were at VIR. VIR with the BMW. Yes. Uh, Dirk Werner was Well remembered. I have the picture. That's the only reason I can remember it. Um, and the roof came flying off. The, roo the whole roof panel. The entire roof panel yeah. came off. And uh, I was all of a sudden looking at the top of Dirk Werner's helmet sitting in the BMW when he came back in. And everybody was just looking at it going, how did... What? The? It was It was quite a moment. These cars might be based on uh, road-going street cars, ah, but of course they have a cage underneath and the roof is normally not a structural stressed member. Sorry, Shay, go ahead. Uh, sorry, I was just shocked because all of a sudden I could see the 88, uh, the Archangel Motorsports Aston Martin coming towards me as if a shark had taken a bite out of the front of ah. the splitter and it is now headed back towards the garage. So Conrad driving it back there, that will take a couple of minutes to put a new one on. But thankfully it didn't look like there was any damage to the bumper, just the splitter. They've actually gone back to... Now, what number are they? Uh, 88. Oh, oh, and as I'm looking over there, I, I see the very distinctive shield <gasps> grill of the... Yes, the Julieta is on its way with a little more yellow on it. Headlights and uh, stars and stripes flag on the roof of that car. That looks a little different even than it did yesterday, I reckon, Cheers, the number five. Alpha comes onto the pit lane. I've missed this car. Uh, that is Tim Lewis behind the wheel of the Alfa Romeo, I do believe. This car, which has had quite a good record here at Daytona, including the win last year. Now, they finished third in the championship in 2021, second in the championship in 2022, and you know how much I love progressions, John. But it is stickers <laughs> on this little Alfa Romeo Giulietta, the number five KMW Motorsports with TMR Engineering. And they are here for one thing and one thing only, to win this championship final. Two later, four cylinder twin cam as all of the TCRs are. Transverse mounted front wheel drive, front wheel drive as all of the TCRs have to be. Big fan favourites. It is a little bit different. I, uh, I ran one for back in the UK a few years ago. I ran one for about seven months, eight months, and it was the Quadrifoglio line Veloce. 
Uh, manual gearbox, six-speed manual, but with a performance diesel engine in it. And it was a great car. Joe Bradley and I went all over Europe in that. We did about uh, six or seven racetracks in a week. I was working at the Nürburgring WEC race, and then we went down to 24 hours of Barcelona, taking in a few places on the way. And what a little car that was for a road trip. Really enjoyed having it really characterful and you know it looks a bit different from all the other hatchbacks in the car park doesn't it let's be honest with that Alfa Romeo shield grille on the front of it some changes in the timing coming in remember this is just practice well it's not even that it's just a session uh, Owen Trinkler climbs to third for team TGM in there Aston Martin Matt Plum his teammate behind him they were the other way around yesterday but it's 64 and 46 in third and fourth. And the 64 is rolling out once again. They've just done a setup change on that car, John. And uh, now it is back out onto the track to see if the setup change has worked. Bryce Ward into the top 10 with the 57 ah, AMG. That's why I couldn't find him. Yeah, out on the track, 54 7 last time around. He's under a second and a half away from the set, the top time. He'll be delighted with that. It's still time to come, I would have thought, from that car. For sure. And let's not make any bones about this people aren't showing us all that they've got just quite yet but these conditions are ideal so if you want to try and make your gentleman driver feel a bit better about himself throw some stickers on the car right now you've got enough sets for the week go show him what he can do in a race car at daytona international speedway no change in tcr with uh, the number 61 simply vegas sponsored machine in the hands of john morley still out there 158.0 is the mark to beat. Uh, 159.5 is the next best. So that's a huge gap. But as Shea says, perhaps not everybody in this third session going for times. It's Audi, Honda, Honda with Steve Ike in the heart car in the pits. That's the number 89 car. Then the hordes of Hyundai led by Mark Wilkins in the 98, Michael Lewis in the number one, Cabo Bigham in the 74, and the 33 of Harry Gottsacker, the 70 of Tyler Maxson. So that is all of the Hyundais, 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th and 8th. And as far as BHA, Brian Hurtner Autosports concerned, Shea, we mentioned these yesterday, but I accept there'll be people joining us all the way through the weekend who might not have listened to our archive, and shame on you if you haven't. So, no, people are busy. I understand uh, it. I forgive them. A little bit of a shake-up with the driver lineup for just three BHA Hyundai Elantras this year. Correct. And we'll start with the one that hasn't changed at all. That would be the number one. The defending champions now two times over. Taylor Hagler and Michael Lewis are back once again. They've been on the podium of every single race that we go to, except they've never done Indy, so they'll have to tick that off the list this year. And looking to win more than just one race a year because two years ago on route to the championship, they won one race, six podiums. Last year, they won one race, seven podiums, I think it was. So they're trying to flip those numbers around a little bit and make sure that they get more race wins this year. For the number 98, the sister car is Mark Wilkins back in that 98 once again, this time for the first time ever sharing with Mason Felipe. These two have been friends for many years, shared many fun road trips as you were just talking about with you and Joe Bradley. Well, that's kind of Mason and Mark. They've done the Tale of the Dragon together. They've done Nürburgring together. 
Now it's time to share a Michelin Pilot Challenge championship together. And for the number 33, that is Robert Wickens once again. But this year, he is joined by Harry Gottsacker, the former co-driver of Mason Felipe many years ago when they finished second in the championship together. So a lot of the BHA staples are still here. All the drivers that we know and love are still a part of this organization. They're just with different dancing partners to last year. Number 70, Tyler Maxson in the pit lane. That's the sort of copper-colored car. The BHA cars uh, generally keep the... Hyundai works colours in the motorsports works works colours. Uh, new boss, of course, at Hyundai Motorsport globally. Um, coming over from F1, that was uh, Fred Vasseur, wasn't it? Who uh, took over from Andrea. Still over an hour to go. Listening to Gibson Radio, Shea Adam, right by the TCRs there as another little four-cylinder two-litre pulls out. <laughs> Uh, in onto the track, the number five Alpha, just uh, heading round the international horseshoe, black and gold with the stars and stripes flag, sitting very squat, as if uh, somebody is pushing. It is like an invisible hand is pushing that car down onto the track. Really looks like that. Reminds me of somebody who's put extra magnets in a scale electric slot, slot car and is cheating really, because it, it just sits so solidly. What a great little platform, the little squared off extended arches and has been tremendously entertaining and a very competitive package in the hands of its driver. Heading on to the high banks now, ship. I have found a, a willing victim, John, with uh, Michael Lewis, defending champion two times over now. And Michael, we were just talking about how this race is the one that you guys have to win. you got to knock it off the list. Do you feel like this Hyundai platform, the Elantra, now that you've worked with it for a year, you think you can finally do it? Yeah, of course. It's a race, so we're in it, and we have a shot every time we're, we're in the race. So, yeah, we want to win this. This is, like the like you said, the only track Brian Hurd Autosport and Hyundai haven't won that we've, I think, been second or third with our other team cars. But we're going to try to do it. If car feels great, we're in the pits right now just looking at the splitter, uh, making sure that's all good. And, um, the car is good, you know. Uh, these Hyundais are really good on, on the tires, so we're going to try to use that to our advantage and see where we're at. The draft always helps, so uh, whether you're faster or slower on the straight, that kind of brings everybody together. It's going to be fun, and we're going to go for it. In terms of practice time, you have two and a third length, in essence, of practice time is the race time. Is that almost too much for you guys? Yeah, I mean, us drivers, we want every lap you know, of every session. Um, but it's sometimes a bit too much because, uh, you know, you can put yourself in jeopardy with a lot of chaos, but uh, it's okay because right now um, we're actually using all the time uh, just to take our time. You know, we're not actually running every lap. Uh, we're just kind of coming in making sure things are right. So it's actually good. There is a lot of time, but we're using it um, kind of in a calm way. And, uh, yeah, Taylor's in the car now. Uh, she's going to go out for her first run. Car feels good. And uh, we're just going like, to do the best we can and see where we end up, and that's kind of how we've been rolling. And, uh, not put too much pressure on ourselves. That's a great use of resources, actually. You've got the track time. You might as well take advantage of doing the little niggly bits that you don't do on test days. Did you guys do test days in the off season? Yeah, uh, like this past season, no. Uh, but we have in the past, and uh, it just depends on the uh, situation, I guess. And uh, So I guess we're kind of using this you know, set of days as more of a testing program. And uh, But, yeah, it depends on the year. And, again, as a driver, I'm sure Taylor and I and, Every other driver in our Brian Hurd Osport team want every test day every weekend, but uh, it's not like that. But we're here, and uh, it's so cool to see all the all the people here, and everybody's back. So I'm excited, and uh, yeah, let's get going. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm sure it won't have any negative effect on you to be out of the car that long. How, how quickly did you all of a sudden remember, oh yeah, I can do this? Yeah, uh, I'd say the first lap when you're on the banking going as fast as you can, your eyes are a little bit slow. <laughs> um, once, once you do your second lap, your eyes adjust and it's okay. Um, but yeah, you can do go-karting in the off-season and uh, little cars like that just to kind of keep your eyes and hand-eye coordination up. But yeah, the first lap, I think no matter what, at Daytona, it's, uh, it's pretty quick. <laughs> Well, Michael, good luck this season. We're hoping for more than just one win on the year and uh, got a knockoff Daytona and Indy. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for coming out. And uh, nice to see you, Shay, and um, we'll see what we can do. Shay Adam down in the pit lane. Just a moment or two ago, a little bit of a whoopsie into turn one. Aston Martin, VDSR number 19 for Rory van der Sturt. That's the blue striped and white car. He's missed his braking point coming down off the tri-oval. There is quite a noticeable transition there. And you've just got to get yourself on the right line. Half a car's width or a car's width to the right-hand side and you're in trouble. And Rory really understood that very early on and decided to just let the car roll, came off the brakes let the car roll on, really quite sensible. Yeah, he turned in a tiny little bit too late. The wrong end of the, the white stripe, really. It's a lot of runoff at that area. And he got the car slowed down so that he was uh, able to turn it back around long before he got towards turn six, which is the outbound end of the infield. No harm, no foul. It's what you have test days for, and effectively that is what we're watching here at the Raw before the Rolex 24 for 2023. Dawn of a new era of IMSA racing. Shea Adam down on the lane. John Hindoff in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Gave it a bit of a shake down yesterday. Hadn't really uh, planned to do uh, the live broadcast yesterday, but uh, the hard-working IMSA technical and... NASCAR Productions technical team managed to uh, get us all up to give it a bit of a, a rollout. And uh, Tim Greer up in London working hard as well. And thanks to all for getting us on the air here, including our friends Mike and the team on the PA here at uh, Daytona International Speedway. Always good to come back here. It's almost like coming home. A particular thank you to uh, David Peace and the IMSA uh, IP techs. Make sure we can talk to the world. And good morning to all of you up in Charlotte, our NASCAR Productions colleagues. Big night for them last night with the Motorsports Hall of Fame. So it was a bit of a late night for one or two of them working hard. And... Uh, big couple of weeks coming with the Raw including the uh, including the qualifying for the Rolex and then of course um, no sleep till a week on Monday after that because it's thick and fast all through the Rolex week 
And it's thick and fast down here on the pit lane as well, John, and so much so that Marilla Racing with their number 72. Cast your mind back to yesterday, and I'll, I'll reiterate it for people who perhaps weren't with us in yesterday's broadcast. There was damage to the right rear of this car after a puncture, very unexpected puncture, when uh, Kenny Marilla was driving. It resulted in the tire basically coming off the rim, but there was pretty severe right rear damage just to the undercroft of the bumper. The team electing to basically put a 100 mile an hour tape on that bumper to hold it back together, to put all the components back together, not doing anything further to fix it overnight. Well, the car has just come back into the pit lane once again, and it looked as if it had a mud flap on the right-hand side because the 100 mile an hour tape clearly was going a little bit too quick and uh, came loose. So the team just putting a little bit more on as well as doing some other set of changes, including changing the wing angle. They are looking for more speed from this Marilla Racing number 72. It's a a full season championship effort for Kristen Simchuk and Kenny this year. This is going to be a car to watch. They showed good pace last year with two podium finishes, but they're hungry for more than that. I think they need to upgrade by about 50% or more. I think they need 150 mile an hour exactly. tape, to be honest, <laughs> <laughs> these days. I know that they are based on their road cars, but a GT4, the GS cars, are extremely competent and sophisticated racing machines nowadays. Uh, traction control ABS and uh, racing traction control and racing ABS as well the leaps and bounds since uh, even since I drove a GT4 car back in 2017 and uh, that was that was the last time I did a long distance race and the GT4s are unrecognisable now, plus they're about five seconds a lap quicker. Getting towards the old GT3, in fact they've surpassed the old GT3 speeds. The GT3s themselves, what we call GT Daytonas over here. Go and look at some of the lap times around places like Spa or Silverstone. Some of the European circuits then as quick as the GT1s were back in the day. That's progress, that's motor racing. It improves the breed. Number 41, Haley Deegan in the Mustang. White with the shades of blue and the grey at the back of that car. Just coming into a wee bit of traffic. Goes past the number 73 LA Honda World. Mike Lamara driven car is there on to Speedway's turns three and four. Three GS cars together, two Mustangs and a BMW side by side with uh, the Mustang and the BMW number 25 that is the yellow mirrors down in turn one and the two Mustangs Zane Smith in the 42 Early Deegan in the 41 and as I say the 25 BMW that's JCD Duvets. They're having far too much fun out there. This is a test stroke practice session. Their third of this weekend. Through the kink, the dog leg, down into the Western Horseshoe. <laughs> Three completely different lines. They've fanned out 
That was a little bit of defensive driving there by Hayley Deegan. She doesn't want to let her teammate and the BMW through. They come down into the left-handed almost hairpin that takes them onto the high banks again. This is really fun to watch. We had a little bit of dicing yesterday in the late session uh, between some of the GTP runners, which was glorious to watch. And now we're seeing a little bit of a pr preview of what we will expect next Friday. Friday coming, four hours here at Daytona for the BMW Sports Car Challenge. Oh, and a little mistake by Hayley Deegan, drops the right-hand Michelin's onto the dirt at the Le Mans chicane on the back straight, goes immediately up to the wall, and here comes her teammate Zane Smith in the low line and takes the position. Just a ah, little bit of a hop off the entry curb for Hayley Deegan there. Looked to have had the line spot on, but just dropped the right hand Michelin's into the dirt. Really smart driving by Haley there because the car hopped about, probably about eight to ten inches to the right. She had the decision to make as to whether and try and open up her hands and go around the curb or just hold her line that she'd then been bumped onto. And I think that was the right decision. She just let the car go and have its head. Very good stuff two Fords now circulating together with the BMW sitting a wee bit further back JCT to Bay clocking some times there no major changes at the sharp end of the GS grid however in TCR last time around an improvement for Tim Lewis in the Alfa Romeo uh, late on parade is now pitted actually but now second quickest Mike Lamara's last lap was his fastest before he pitted these are all under two minutes for the TCRs 159.8 for Mark Wilkins before he pitted but actually it's only Gavin Ernstone who is out and as I say that Harry Gottsacker rejoins in the number 33 and Elantra New colour scheme for the number nine, Aston Martin Vantage GT for Brett Sandberg. Funny you should mention that car, John. I happen to be with the, the two other drivers for it. We've got Jim Johnson and Tom Long. I'll start with you, Jim, because you've been away from this series for a couple of years. It's actually come into a new name since you've been here, but you're just happy to be back driving a race car. How long did it take to shake off the cobwebs? Uh, I've only been in the car for about maybe five laps so far. And I think the cobwebs are gone. You know, it's just exciting to be out here at Daytona Beach Speed. Or the Speedway is just great. And all the people out here just supporting the racers. I think there's like 100,000 people out there. I don't know. For the roar. So, yeah, it's exciting. Out here with Tom Long and Brett Sandberg, you know. Um, and we're automatic racing. So we're, we're just enjoying the time. Your former team is still on the grid, the team yeah. that you started. How weird is it to see the Rebel Rock Camaro running around? Well, it's kind of neat because, you know, my company is still Rebel Rock. You know, I have a record company. So it's nice to see the team out here, you know, Robin Liddell and Frank DePew still doing their thing. Uh, I'm just looking to whoop them out there, you know, rather than put them in our rear view. But I wish them the best, and uh, it's just nice to see them out still competing. And, Tom, for you to come back for another Daytona, we've got tons of practice time available on the schedule, but it's never enough, is it? 
Yeah, so we're always working on something. You know, the, the key is not to tune yourself out of being competitive by the end of the roar, right? Uh, but no, we were really happy with how we unloaded yesterday. Uh, Automatic Racing did a phenomenal job. So exciting to be here with Jim Johnson and Brett Sandberg and the, and the Automatic Racing team representing the new, the new song, No Limits. Um, just special feeling, and it's always better when you're uh, competitive right at the beginning. Now, this is a different weekend for you because it's not going to be the 24. It's going to be the four-hour race on Friday. Are you happy about the opportunity to go flat out for as long as you can and then not worry about being, well, a little bit tired come Saturday morning? Yeah, I guess. I mean, you always want the uh, the ride in the 24-hour if you can have it. So, um, yeah, but, uh, I mean, the competition in Michelin Pilot is just absolutely stunning. I mean, you got 30 uh, GS cars that are that are in it to win it, and uh, all, the, all the names you see on Friday are going to be in the race on Saturday, which is... Uh, it's remarkable when uh, when you're competitive in a Michelin pilot race. You know you know you're doing a good job. All right, Jim, I'm going to put you on the spot here. What's the goal? Is it to win the whole championship this season, or just this race for now? Well, we're going to start with this race and see how it goes. And I'd love to win a championship with these guys here. That'd be great. So we'll see how this race goes. We got a launch of a brand new song called No Limits. It's featuring Kid Rock, Jimmy Allen, and Austin Mahone, uh, supported by NBC and IMSA, and they're releasing it on the 27th. Right here in Daytona, you're going to hear it first here. So, yeah, the goal is to, to get in the car and, and be really fast and win this race this weekend, and we'll see where it goes from there. I'd love to be at every race with these guys killing it. Good luck to you guys, and welcome back. Thank you so much. Well, we need to uh, make sure we uh, play a little piece of that, I think. I'm a big, I, I do quite like Kid Rock, in fairness. So that was Who the twenty. Well, exactly. Yeah. The. Twenty uh, seventh. That is then Friday of race week. Thursday of race week. Twenty uh, seventh. Friday. Friday. Yeah, race day. Race day. Oh, race day. Of course. Oh, that's okay. wonderful. Mm. Okay. We'll see if we can. Uh, get a copy of that I've, I've just searched it can't find anything at the moment because it's not been released which is fine it's all good. Um, let's have a look at the top of the timing and scoring three Ford Mustangs now Luke Amar Zane Smith Chad McCombie 59-42 and just going back out the uh, number 13 that's what we saw yesterday, isn't it, John? Absolutely right, yeah. So that's Core, PF and McCombie McAleer racing. And then it's the Carbon Porsche, number 39. Team TGM, Ted Giovannis getting some laps in in the number 64 car that he shares with Owen Trinkler. And it's Kia for Nola Sports in the number 47. Hugh Plum. For Team TGM, he's out in the number 46, Aston. Lone Star Racing, Scott Andrews just leaving the pit lane. And it's the Archangel machine, the number 88, that's in the pits. JTR, still, yes, good point, Shay. JTR in 10th position. JTR with uh, Anthony McIntosh out in that car. BGB, that number 83, bright green machine certainly won't lose that one in the uh, Park Fermi after the race the 
Porsche. Had a bit of problems yesterday, but came back very strongly late in the session. Running at 17th in GS at the moment with Spencer Pompelli behind the wheel. Really tidy and very smart race car, the Cayman GT4. Had the road car version for a little while. Uh, I was going to say the back end of last year. It's the year before now, believe it or not. Um, it wasn't very subtle. It was bright red. And it had all the toys on, including the uh, the cage. Speaking of paddle shift option as well. Sorry, Shay, go ahead. Speaking of not very subtle cars that are easy to see, uh, Turner Motorsport back with two yellow BMW M4 GT4s. But these are the new cars. And for Rob McGuinness, the team is not only learning these new cars, you're learning how to drive a GT4 car. How fun was it yesterday? It's really fun. Um, you know, I've always watched these pilot challenge races. We haven't even raced yet, and it's already, like, a little crazy out there. I'm having a blast. Um, it's been great working with these guys. Uh, we're definitely making some headway on the cars and trying to... I didn't drive a GT4 until yesterday, so I'm definitely learning on the fly. We're learning about this thing on the fly. Well, and it's a full season for you and Cameron Lawrence, just the two of you sharing this car this weekend. Cameron, a Daytona 24 winner and an endurance champion in the past. You spent last year in GTD. You're both used to being the, in essence, most often passed car on track because you're in the slowest class. Now you guys are king of the hill. How different is that to figure out? Oh, it's so nice. It's so nice to not be dive-bombed every other corner by some sort of prototype. Um, but it's a different game, you know? And the TCRs are fast. They're a lot faster than I thought they were. Maybe that's how the DPIs felt about us, and they were really annoyed, but I'm getting annoyed out there. How sophisticated is the GT4 car? Is it more so than you were even expecting coming from GT3? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, while they are like road cars, uh, there's a lot going on. There's a lot to think about when you're in there. So, uh, you know, the GT3s are complicated. These are They're, they're all race cars, and um, there's just a lot of manuals I've had to read recently. Ergonomically speaking, is the M4 a driver comfort car? Do they take that into consideration? Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, it has the best AC of any race car I've ever driven, which is really nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, the only issue is Cameron and I are both, you know, vertically challenged. And so we've got the pedals all the way back. We've got the steering wheel all the way back. Like, we're lucky we're the same height, but it's definitely made for, you know, tall Germans, not short people. It's made more for Vin Barletta then. Oh, yeah, Vin fits in it great. Um, but that's what happens when you have Jens Klingman setting up a car, right? It's made, six foot three is the bar. <laughs> So Turner Motorsport, we know, is one big family. There's six cars for this team across the entire weekend. Is everybody just going to sort of stick around and do the family thing of cheering for everybody through every session? Definitely. You know, we uh, we all help each other. We all work together. It's really fun jumping into this because this is my first weekend really meeting everyone. Um, it, it does feel like a big family, and everyone works together. And it's crazy what we learn from the VP guys and what we learn from the GTD guys and how... You know, we all work together, and there's a great environment. Like, everybody's so nice. Everybody's so good at what they do. So I've loved it. And all right, you can let us in on it. The insider, the tacos for every meal, that's true. I mean, we had tacos yesterday, and yesterday was my first day. So I'll keep you updated. So what a one. Thanks, Rob. Good luck this weekend. Thank you so much. Shit, Adam, down in Taco Land. Taco Friday. Mm, interesting. Taco Turner Motorsport. Um, we did have somebody on Twitter build us a 
tachometer. Tachometer. See what we did there? Fonta, the boat, the sport. The story there is that Will Turner treats the team to a taco dinner if they get a win. But I just think they like tackles, to be honest. 48 minutes to go in the session three of practice at the Raw for the Mission Pilot Challenge 2023. Hello there. If you're just joining us, coming up to a quarter past ten in the morning Eastern. That's a quarter past three on a Saturday afternoon. Football matches are kicking off, so I'm sure some of you have uh, settled down to listen to your favourite football team. Oh, there's playoffs today too, John. There are American football playoffs, yes, yes absolutely. The, uh, the Jaguars are taking on the Kansas City Chiefs later this afternoon. Which you means said that Jaguars. Yes, of course. My dad raised me right. Yes. Uh, that means that Bubba will be very distracted. And, uh, uh, yeah. On behalf of Emily and Rebecca and all of our Daytona-based friends, go do ball. So, uh, yes, that will be quite interesting to see how many people just stop paying attention to what's going on on track at about 4.30 in the afternoon. Oh, okay. Well, tomorrow, fortunately, my football match is tomorrow morning over here. Ah. So I'll get to see that before we come to the track, or at least um, before we go on the air. And who is that? Uh, that is the mighty Sunderland AFC versus near neighbours Middlesbrough AFC. It is the We Are Teams derby tomorrow. Oh, mid gosh. Midday in the UK, so that's 7 o'clock over here. I'm fortunate enough that my uh, Las Vegas Raiders are not very good anymore unfortunately but uh, they do not make the playoffs so I'm not distracted in January but they but they have had, they have snatched defeat from the jaws of victory so many times this yeah. season yeah we lost by less than one score I want to say 70% of the games this year it was it was brutal but that's okay cuz racing and racing makes me happy too We've got the Hart Honda into the pit lane, John, and uh, I do see Chad Gilsinger's helmet behind Will. We've got Correct. Steve Ike up on the pit box, and Super Mario Farbacher's helmet is here, and he is here in his other fire suit, but I don't know if he's actually driven the car yet this morning, so I do want to wait until I see with my own eyes proof that he has been behind the wheel of the Hart Racing Honda because the uh, oh. FK7 is a bit different speed-wise to the Acura NSX. Tiago Camillo in the number 14. Gazoo Racing, Total Gazoo Racing Latin America Supra. Um, fabulous drifting skills through the back straight chicane, the Le Mans chicane as it is now, in that red, white, and black Supra. What a package that is, by the way. Platform share with BMW, of course, straight six engines, and breathed on by Gazoo Racing. Nice slide into the chicane and then in the middle part just got on the throttle and rotated the car for the right left at the exit with the right foot rather than the steering wheel. Nicely done. Yeah, very nicely done. Opportunity for you here if you're at the track listing in 107.9 to get some nice team photographs of the TGM cars, 46 leading 64 uh, on the track and on the timesheet at the moment. Uh, it is the opposite way around. Hugh Plum has just exited the pits in the 46 in ninth position. Ted Giovannis, courtesy of an Owen Trickler lap earlier on, the man from Nashville, and the man with the most starts in this championship, the 60.7th position. 
and the Team TGM colours translating Shea Adam perfectly to the Aston Martin Vantage. You know, I was thinking about that earlier. They did. Oh, who's got straight on? Excuse me, Shea. And now he's deciding is he going to turn left or right at turn one and a half, which is where he was. Started to turn to the right and then realised he'd be facing oncoming traffic and immediately rotated the car around. Now, that I think was just another loss on the transition. Oh, nasty bump there that just unsettled the car. And he thinks, I'll turn to the right. No, 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 that's the oncoming traffic. I'm going to swing it round to the left. There's plenty of room here. And then I can join whilst looking over my left-hand shoulder and make sure I don't uh, cause any problems for anyone else. Sorry, Shea, delivery, we were talking about that. Yeah, it, it really appeals to the eye aesthetically on the Aston Martin. I would argue even more so than any of the other cars that I've seen them put it on. The blue and the orange, just the way that it fits onto the hood of the car when the hood is pulled off, it really works. Actually talking at breakfast this morning about that very thing, about liveries that are drawn almost always in 2D and then having to fit on a 3D car. And one of the cars that I thought looked absolutely stunning yesterday in the pilot challenge was Gradient Racing with the JG Wentworth green and white colours. And that's a, an Andy Blackmore livery. Um, the best ones always are. Well, Andy understands the cars and dimensions. He trained as a, as a car designer, let's not forget. And... Uh, I would say he's much more of a stylist and an artist um, than he is just just a graphic designer. He will tell you he's graphic designer, but I, don't, I just don't think that covers it all for Andy, to be honest. Uh, and the way he's used the uh, the shape of the gradient NSX with the green and white really pops. Now coming out of the western end of the circuit and heading up onto the high banks we have Audi number 61 that's the dark grey car with the yellow accents uh, and that is uh, Gavin Earnstone behind the wheel of that car as uh, we've just lost the number 46 Hugh Plum no no that was that was a moment or two ago in fact Hugh's come back in the pits there Yes. so Gavin in that Simply Vegas car Number 61, waiting for the new Evo 2 version of the TCR. Oh, sure, that reminds me, looking at the hood of that car, he's got the IMSA decal on. Can you pick me up uh, some IMSA stickers, please, um, when you next walk past KNBC? Sure. I seem to have run out. I always keep some in the haversack, and uh, you know what I use them for. Yeah. So. But, uh, well, you have to put stickers on your race car. And by race car, I mean whatever car you happen to be driving that weekend. You have to be properly liveried. Correct. Yeah. Thank you. Um, is the center of the 46 Team TGM Master Martin orange in the center of the 64 blue? Because oh. you'll be able to see the 64. I'm looking at the 46. Right, let me pick that up on the circuit. I'm just wondering if they've inverted the liveries yes. to try and help us tell them apart. They normally do that. We will have spotters guides from Andy Blackmore that took his name, mentioned his name earlier on. All I've got to do is find that car on the circuit on the 64. There it is. Uh, the 64 has orange on the hood and the... And orange on the roof as well. On the orange on the roof. 
So up, that means and they it's are identical. Blue. Hang on, let me see as it goes by. Yep, they are identical. Well, what's the wing? What's the mirror colours? Same colours. It's mandated by the class. Oh, isn't yes, it? of course. Uh, well, it, no. is, it is in it is in WeatherTech. It's not in Pilot. I did not notice the wing mirror colours. That will be something to keep an eye on. Right, out goes the forty-six team TGM machine. Oh, it's got a bit of yellow on it as well round the front end. Let me see if I can see the mirrors. I would say the mirrors are blue on the 46. Now let me pick up the 64 again. Should be able to see that great swathe of orange on the high banks that really does pop. Oh, into the pits is the No Limits Aston, the number nine car. Let's see the TGM car gone to. It's Chameleon like They should be close to one another out around the circuit, having uh, the 46 just left the pit lane as the 64 was going by on the trioval. Yeah, it must be. There it is. It's just on the trioval now. I think it's, or yeah, it is. It's orange mirrors on the 64, and I can even see that on the back straight with the binoculars, and blue on the 46. Okay. There you go. Oh, and thank you to Keith and the team who've put... See, if I'd only looked at the screen in front of me, I'd have been able <laughs> to see that much, thank you, much, Keith. much easier. Well, John, right now I'm watching something quite interesting, and I'm waiting for an opportunity to get in, because normally James Pesek is a driver for PF Racing. Right now he's come out with new brake pads and, he, and a razor, and he's actually helping to get them ready for the team to put new front brakes onto the 41 Ford Performance uh, PF Racing Mustang. Now, James was listed against both of the cars on the entry list, but uh, I'm wondering if he's actually going to be doing any driving duties so far this weekend, as he right now is wearing his fire suit, his driving suit, but uh, doing the duties of a crew member. I love it. I love the effort from this team. Well, if you can help, you might as well, right? Uh, we'll try and grab a few more interviews in the next 38 minutes or so. Remember, this is a, a practice session, the third practice session for the Michelin Pilot Challenge ahead of race week. Next week are extensive. In fact, we've, we have more, I'm certain we have more live broadcasts than anyone else from here. We start on Wednesday, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. We'll have midweek motorsport over on RS1, live from this very booth. Try and get some guests uh, for you as well. Lots of uh, catching up to do. And with a bit of, uh, bit of luck and a fair wind, Richard Krill will join us for a uh, catch-up on some Bathurst news. Their entry list for the Australian, start of the Australian Endurance Series, which is the first... Uh, season rather which is the first weekend in February so the week after the Rolex entry list looking very good indeed 28 top entries with Audi having committed some of their star works drivers uh, to I think five entries from memory some news on that on Wednesday plus we'll be looking forward to the Rolex week which starts in terms of live coverage on Thursday next week 
Someone who's very much looking forward to that Rolex week, but for a very different reason, is Jared Thomas. Jared, you are the defending Intimitsu Mazda MX-5 Cup champion, and now you stepped up in a Michelin Pilot Challenge. How hard is it, first off, to drive a car that doesn't have the Mazda emblem on the front? You know, there's, um, it's just different. Uh, you know, the, everything that surrounds the Mazda brand and, and what they do for, uh, you know, our series and, and being an IMSA, it's great. But uh, I'm really enjoying this. This is uh, a, a totally different challenge for us. And, um, you know, I, I, it makes me feel like three, or three years ago when I first started MX-5 Cup, that challenge, the drive to get better, figure things out, the unknown, you know, how can we shorten the learning curve? So that's been fun. You're not giving up Mazda either. That's why I'm saying you're looking forward to next week because you still got all that coming. But you are a Daytona winner after last year. So even moving into a new series, it's still your team, and you still know how to win at this track, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, a, a lot of things are the same. It's still, in these cards, it's still a big drafting track, and the draft is still important. So I feel like uh, probably just about, uh, I know just about drafting here as best as anybody uh, because it's, a, it's definitely an art of its own. In terms of the off-season, what were you doing to prepare for this debut? Well, it started with uh, no days off, including the weekends. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, we had other races that we were doing after MX-5, and uh, that didn't end until December. So it's been a very uh, very busy off-season, and uh, to build this Pilot Challenge program in such a short time has been a lot, but uh, very rewarding, and looking forward to reaping the benefits of it here next week. Um, so we, we have a, a full field of Mazda's next week and uh, also this program. So it's been a lot, but uh, it's exciting. JTR Motorsport Engineering, it's you and your dad with this team, uh, your dad Dave. What was the thought process to bringing Anthony McIntosh along with you guys? Because you have so many great drivers under your banner. Yeah. You know, it, it kind of started, we were running some uh, other GT car stuff and, and more amateur series last year. And, uh, you know, the thought was always there. Hey, if we can really feel like we can master this and maybe take it to the next level, it'd be something that we would want to try. And uh, we ended up being very successful last season. And that, so about September, October, the, you know, the question started to get answered. Hey, do we want to go run some pilot challenge? And we're like, yeah. So uh, from about then is when we started building this program. Well, welcome to this paddock. The fire suits look great. The car stands out really well. It's going to be a fun season for you guys, and we look forward to seeing you in Mazda next week, too. Yeah, I'm excited. Jared, just remind us uh, which car that uh, he's driving for. That would be the one that we got all confused about yesterday, John, because they are the mighty 23. 23, yes. Yep. So that was the car that I instantly, in my head, think heart of racing. Yep. Uh, and, of course, it's the AMG GT4. Andy McIntosh out in that car at the moment, JTR Motorsports. There's good reason for us to be confused, though, John, because Jared Thomas, normally in the uh, Itamitsu Mazda MX-5 Cup Championship, runs number 96, and Anthony McIntosh has run number 69 in the past in that same championship. So we don't associate the numbers 2 and 3 with them. We do 9 and 6. Well... <sighs> The other thing is, I mean, it, it's a distinctive car because it's that dark colour with the lighter blue pinstripes and the blue and black stars and stripes on the roof. And I, I have to say yesterday in the sunshine, when I glanced at that car going back into the pit lane, 
there's more of a there's there's a bit of a hint of uh, advantage of that rear wing, and that's all I could really see disappearing into the blue garages. Of course, the drive line, engine and gearbox is shared between the two cars. Aston Martin used the EMG uh, engines and gearboxes. It's a ZF gearbox actually, but they tune them themselves. Uh, and it is the classic GT shape, isn't it? These front engines. V8s, whether it's the Mustangs, the Advantages, the AMGs, particularly have that long bonnet and set back cabin. And that is, in fairness, that does take you back to the 1950s and the Mercedes-Benz SLCs, the Gullwings, of course, the SLRs. I'll add the Toyota Supra oh, well, to yes, that uh, yes. category as well, because I'm just looking at that one now. It's pulled into its pit box uh, just behind Lone Star Racing with their Mercedes. And looking at the two of them directly, there is a lot of shared body aspects. 27 in the pit lane is Scott Andrews in the car that he shares with Anton Diaz Pereira. It's the number 27. Oh, he's hopping MG. out. And is he getting out? Yes, he is. Yep. Anton Excellent. out. And, uh, sorry, Scott Andrews getting out Anton Diaz Pereira getting in another Antipodean here and you can tell weekend. you can tell that it's him because he's got kangaroos on his helmet John I kid you not well that's good he's embracing his heritage exactly you know the kangaroos are just big rabbits with suits on no no they're not yes they are no they're not I will, I'll have to, to take a closer look the next time <laughs> sure that I can't find the zipper anywhere. Um, but Scott Andrews is kind enough to uh, take his helmet off and uh, pull all of his accoutrement from driving as they are belting in Anton Diaz Pereira. So we'll see if we can't get a quick chat with him. Scott, fresh off the track, what are the conditions like right now? Um, nice. Yeah, it's, it's cool. And, uh, yeah, just uh, enjoying being back at Daytona. And... Uh, it's always a blast to be here, especially this time of year, and at least this year it's a little bit warmer than last year. And, uh, yeah, really just uh, enjoying being back in the Mercedes-AMG GT4 and um, having fun with, uh, you know, sort of new, new team, new challenge with Lone Star and um, really enjoying working with Lone Star so far and AJ. Uh, you know, the car, this car just rolled off really fast and, um, yeah, really enjoyable as a rolex winner you come into this race it's four hours so it's a sixth the length of the rolex but you don't treat it any differently than the 24 do you no not particularly um yeah obviously the the big race is a lot longer but it's still the same sort of thing where you have to be there at the end right so you know it's uh you definitely want to kind of look after it on the first hour or so and um yeah, we've only got two drivers for this event, so I'm going to be doing the majority of it, uh, which is fine. I think I tripled or quartered here last year, uh, two years ago in the P3. So, uh, yeah, it should, should be good. And GT4 is a little less, a uh, little less energy to drive than the LMP3, for example. So, I mean, don't get me wrong, you're still wheeling the things out there, but uh, just sort of physically, like G-forces and stuff. Is this a new helmet design that you've got going on? I noticed the kangaroos and the SA all over it. It's pretty cool looking. Thanks. Yeah, this one's from uh, Helmart Design in New Zealand. And uh, he, he's, he's a friend of mine. And uh, this one's actually a bit of an older one. I have a lot of 
history with this one. Um, but he's done my last few helmets. And uh, yeah, the kangaroos are pretty cool and he's pretty, he's pretty talented. Well, good luck getting another win here at Daytona next weekend, and we'll keep bothering you, I'm sure. Thanks, yeah, yeah, come around anytime. And uh, I just want to say uh, it's really cool to see how many people are out at the track, even during the Raw. Uh, we really appreciate you guys coming out, like all the supporters and fans and everything. So, yeah, thanks to them, and yeah, and thanks to the marshals too, because hopefully it doesn't get as cold as last year for them. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, Scott. Good point. Um, now, John, you're saying in my ear that the number 72 Murillo Racing Mercedes with some right rear damage, that's the car that had done the 100-mile-an-hour tape that didn't quite stick, so they ah. needed to try some 150. Is this further damage that you're seeing well, on the back of that car? that's a good question. Kenny Murillo's just brought, brought that car in. They were looking at the right rear, and okay. there's some scuffage on the right rear, which makes me think at some stage ah. it has had slight contact with something... Uh, I thought probably tyre barrier rather than another car, oh, but they're okay. also looking underneath the right front of that car. Could have been side to side with another car. In fact, they're looking under both sides of the front of that car. I hope they've got the blocks in. Uh, they have the uh, jack stands oh, underneath excellent. the car because the last time that they came in, oh, they yeah, did it. have a moment uh, where they had a mechanic under the car, and I was a little bit nervous because I couldn't see any obvious block stand. So I ducked down and looked under the car myself and noticed that they have those very nice little cages that yes. go around the pneumatic air jacks. So that was uh, a and good they sign. are bright yellow, so I can't see them. Uh, some more black gaffer tape going on the back. Nick Damon would be delighted. That's one of the essentials. Of endurance racing, I think about in the first ten or twelve minutes of the Dubai 24 hours uh, last weekend. Is that only last weekend? Dear <laughs> me! Um, oh gosh! It's like a lifetime ago. Um, we had the big lump hammer. We had the tie wraps, uh, and we had the uh, smartphone torch. So I, I, I think it was the earliest deployment we'd ever seen of the 10-pound hammer. Oh, gosh. So Marillo working on that car, uh, both ends being looked at and the back being worked upon. Down into turn one, it is uh, McLaren, Aston Martin and Honda. The McLaren is the 58 Artura of Aurora Strauss back in the series. Aurora has been rather busy with her studies and uh, rather successful share with her yes. studies. Yeah, she uh, impressed us all very early on when we got to know her and she had applied and then was accepted to Harvard. Uh, and then she took a year off to go do some good for the world when came back to school and indeed graduated from Harvard last May. So congratulations to Aurora. And we welcome her back into the paddock. She's also someone who does a lot of good for the Girl Scouts. So I know that she's going to be a big ah. fan favorite for a lot of the young women camping in the infield right now. And um, yeah, we're, we're just really happy to have her back. John, she was smiling from ear to ear. And she said that uh, when she called her dad, Ari, and Ari, we miss you. We know you're listening, my friend. Um, he was equally as excited for her to uh, be back in the race car. Okay, made it to Murillo. There's no more scuffage on the side of this car than there was yesterday. The black that's there was there from the tire that had the issue, but they are doing a much better job, a much more thorough job 
of taping the bodywork up, so I'd imagine it was continuing to flip and flap in ways that they did not want it to. I do not see a jack stand under the car anymore, but they could have removed that, having uh, known that the mechanics would no longer be going underneath the car. And there is a weird dent in the right side door. Let me walk around to the left and see if it's there too. Might be the design. No, I don't think that's design. Um, and there is some scuffage on the left front yeah. to the paint, but... I think they may have had a grassy moment or two yeah, in this I session. I mean, there's, there's no urgency here. They're just making sure the car's fine to go out and do some more laps. It was Kenny Marillo who brought the car in. By the way, Paul Keebler has just come in in the TR3 Aston Martin. That's the silver and stars and stripes, uh, the number 29 car. Uh, he had a little moment again at the back straight chicane, the bus stop stroke Le Mans chicane. Who? Uh, and he's brought that car in. That, of course, is right at pit out, Shake. so yeah. I'll keep an eye on that. As They've taken all, all the wheels. Yes, in. of course. <laughs> They've taken all the wheels and tyres uh, off that car and replaced them. Uh, fairly standard-looking stop. Maybe he was just getting to the end of some tyre life and decided not to do the next two laps and end up backed into the wall. Can't imagine anybody here would do that <laughs> on a test here. <laughs> well, Paul Keebler is somebody who's got some experience around Daytona, but uh, in the form of a Ferrari, having run in the Ferrari Challenge in years past. Um, but he also has GT4 experience, having run with John Branham, his coach and a uh, longtime co-driver and friend. Mm. And so that's a very familiar organization, and even though we haven't seen them running in this category, and they haven't been with TR3, they're still not new to any of this, no. just the series. So, guys, study up on the rulebook. That would be my advice. Yes, you, you don't like that when people don't read the rulebook. You talked about the uh, classic front-engine rear-wheel drive cars. It's still the three Mustangs at the front of the feed. Bob McCadian has jumped into the uh, race for RP59 which heads the field for Core Motorsport. That car out uh, on the tri-oval at the moment. Just about to go underneath my feet, passing one of the BHA Hyundais, and actually coming right underneath the number uh, 26 BMW, which is the black, mostly black car with the red on it. That being the uh, Garrett Adams-driven car. Huh. Fast track racing. Good for Garrett. He's somebody uh, who's done some TC racing in the past in uh, BMWs. So this is quite a step up for him, but he'll be ready for it. Not From not too far away from here either. I think he's Orlando-based, if I remember correctly. You'd almost sleep in your own bed, couldn't you? Drive backwards and forwards. It's, a bit of it's worth it. Uh, well, you know, that, that's interesting, isn't it? Uh, I, I suppose it's what we've done in the past. Uh, Silverstone is about now from where we are probably about 45 50 minutes now and you think well you know if you could get a hotel just around the corner it would cut you but getting back to your your own bed and some home cooking always uh, always very pleasant uh, we're down to the last 20 minutes now of this session which i think and i stand to be corrected collective but I think this is the first session other than the qualifying for VP. Don't say it. Okay. I know where you're going with that one. Where we've had one flag? Is that is that your thought process? 
Yes. That's fair to say, instead of using the uh, yeah. the other word you were going for. It's only been green grass. Yes. Yeah, that we've been looking at. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that's fair. I think we towed the line with that one. Yeah, all right. We're not angering the uh, commentary gods. There is gods, no. Yeah. Indeed not. I just saw an uh, improvement uh, last time around for Mason Felipe before he pitted. Gets under two minutes. So we were talking earlier on about the VP fuel scars and all of their TCRs uh, were under two minutes. And I think all bar a couple here are under two minutes. The number one defending champion car, two minutes point one. The Audi of Mikey Taylor. Yeah. Uh, that car has only done a handful of laps actually. Neither of those cars make me particularly nervous, though, John, no. because the number one, as we heard from Michael Lewis earlier on, they are using this session as a test session to garner more and more information that they can. They're not going to rush anything. They're not going to push anything. The no. number 17, which is the uh, Unitronic JVC racing Audi, the new version, the 17 car won this race two years ago. I think they were second the year before that. Uh, they got one win last year. That was at Lime Rock Park. They know the car pretty well, but even more so than that, they know how to race and win in this series. The cars we've not seen at all is the RS1 Porsche. Correct. Uh, the number 28 from GS. Uh, the Honda World, LA Honda World number 37. Ah, yes, yeah, still. And Victor Gonzalez is 99. Okay, uh, VGRT, yeah, there's nobody down there on the Wayne Taylor pit box. So that sounds like that was planned, that they weren't coming out for I this would, session. I would tend to believe that, yeah. yes. Um, although they did go back behind the wall a little bit early last night. Um, I'll text Devin and ask about that car. The 37 we did not see yesterday. Uh, same thing for RS1, though, but we, I'm very confused about that, because we have seen the 73, yes? Uh, car? 73, William Talley. Yeah, they've done, let me see. A few? Standby caller. 27 Stand laps. Oh, oh, okay. So, I mean, you consider the most done in the class is 28. So, they've been out there. They've been pounding around for sure. Yeah, the... <laughs> The only thing I can think about that, John, is maybe they're saving oh. mileage and only using one car at a time, and they are testing the car maybe. that has William Talley in it, who is the least experienced driver in their lineup, and that is by no means an insult. But when you've got Mike Lamara, Matt Pombo, and Ryan Eversley as three of your other four drivers, you tend to want to put the guy who's new to the Honda in the car the most, right? It's not the worst idea, is it? Let's be fair. On the circuit at the moment, going through the International Horseshoe, the... Uh, orange and black Murillo racing car. Sort of a chrome orange, isn't it? It's uh, almost like a copper colour. It's the number 56 car. Currently that is in the hands of Jeff Mosey. And he is trailing the multicoloured Aston Martin. And that is the, is that the 44? The new colours for the 44 this year? Yes, it is. With the uh, light almost Leighton House March green then the yellow uh, then the red the black and then some more greeny colour at the back just a Piscatel behind the wheel of the Magnus Racing uh, number 44 um, the um, not Magnus Racing excuse me the accelerating racing team only the wrong championship hind off that's fine 
Um, I've just had a very interesting conversation with uh, Johnny Knott, the lead pit lane official, who, and remember, the pit lane officials. You should have you uh, for us, for all the pit lane officials. Yeah, yeah, hang on a second, I'll tell him. Hey, uh, Johnny, Heindolf says Happy New Year. Happy New Year as well. Hope everybody's having a blast up there like I am down here. What we're doing today, as I just told Shay, we're coaching people up to make sure that our job is much easier next week. Have a good day, John. Ah, very good. <laughs> yeah, he was telling me they are issuing a lot of warnings today from race control I've because that. our job down here as pit lane officials and yeah, pit lane reporters, trying to keep people safe. So. Yep. Yesterday, for example, there was uh, the start of the WeatherTech session. I noticed that someone had left a notebook on top of the roof of the car as they'd been writing down notes from their laptop computer. They remembered to remove the laptop computer but left the notebook. I reminded them, hey, your notebook's still on the car. They ran back around and grabbed it and said, thank you. I would have lost that. And that would not have been fun. So you try to help people out down here. Yeah. Race control is just trying to keep people safe, and that's what the pit lane officials are here for. So all of these warnings that are going out are so that next week, People are properly attired, not speeding in the pit lane, yeah. not sending too many people over the wall, yeah. not remembering to pull the pin out of the fire bottle. There's little things like that that you need to learn. And we don't want to ruin someone's race just because they've done something that they've been warned about before. This has been the, uh, undoubtedly, this has been the mantra uh, of this series, even when it was the American Le Mans series. Uh, and Dick Martin, uh, <laughs> from around these parts, Dick. Um, Dick Martin was the head of pit lane. Um, the, the pit lane officials, all pit lane, all officials actually on the racetrack, but particularly the pit lane officials, their job is not to hand out penalties, it's to keep people safe. And that is always the first priority. So I remember when the European Le Mans series first came over and the American crew came to Europe. The European teams didn't know what had hit them because they were <laughs> expecting um, penalty after penalty. You always get a warning. You'll always get a little bit of help. And, I, you know, you see, you saw then pit lane officials going up to guys and closing their helmet visors before the mm -hmm. cars came in for fueling because that's a safety aspect. And, and being told, that's your one warning. Next time, you will get a penalty. But there's no sense in seeing something that could be dangerous and not doing something with it. And that has been the spirit in which the officials here at IMSA have worked uh, in under all of the years that I've been here in the United States. And uh, that goes back to... <laughs> Would you like me to uh, take it away from you now, John, before you dig into a little hole? Yeah, go on. All right, Bryce Ward, welcome oh, back to brilliant. this championship. Say hi from me. Uh, John says hello, by the way, and Happy New Year. Yes, I wanted to uh, say Happy New Year to all of you at IMSA Radio and... I mean, it feels like just a day or two ago, it was a, it, we turned to the 1st of January, so it's really good to see you guys. Good to see you, Shay. Thanks. And it's so good to see you in a fire suit once again, because you've been in the paddock, you've been in the pit lane for the last year, but now you are here as a race car driver again with the Rolex 24 winner in your car. That's got to be a pretty cool feeling. Yeah, I, you know, yesterday was really, it was uh, challenging. I mean... I think the year I've been out, the cars have got a lot faster, and I mean, coming down to turn one was really, really scary yesterday. I mean, honestly, it was, uh, I ran wide a number of times, and it took me a, a good night's sleep to kind of get my mind back, and uh, now it's, it's feeling really good. I was really, really happy with today's performance. You've been on the podium here in the four-hour endurance race. It's a difficult one. 
but do you want to do your share? Do you want to drive more than the minimum drive time? Absolutely. You know, I've always been part of um, making sure that my team is, is, I'm part of the team and they're part of me. And so, you know, Daniel's been doing a fantastic job helping me this morning and yesterday. And, you know, hopefully the engineer will give me enough time in the car and I'm looking forward to it. This is a more complicated weekend for Windward Racing now because of the two cars, the two races, 28 hours of racing across three days. How much more difficult does that make your life as driver and then team, what, guru, I suppose, for Saturday and Sunday? You know, for me, it's, um, it's actually easier to be a driver because I just sit back and do nothing. <laughs> when, you're, when you're part of the team management, then you're thinking about an awful lot of things, but, you know, the, the team is so well prepared and, and that was one of the reasons I stepped out last year was to get the team, give the team the opportunity to get the staff in place and you know Ed and, and his group and has done a fantastic job of organizing. We've got a couple of new guys from Germany over here that are really helping out you know, in the, on the car side and so it's been, it's been fantastic. This year of growth has been awesome and now it's easy for me. You know, everybody's, everybody's on the same, you know, on the same uh, pulling the same way and it's just been awesome. Will there get to be a point in time where we'll see you and Russell sharing a car? I really hope so, yeah. I mean, I wanted to do it. Uh, I'll share a car with Russell anytime. But, you know, jumping from GT3 to GT4 is really tough. And so, you know, maybe we'll run a GT3 one day. I don't know. <laughs> well, Bryce, for now, we're glad that you're back. Welcome back to this place. You belong here. And it's good to see you with the fire suit on again. Thank you, Shay. And thanks to everyone in, at Imserator. I really appreciate it. Uh, I am so pleased that Bryce is back in the car I never believed and sure you know this I never believed and I said to him I never believed when he said well that's it I said there nah, you're coming back no no I'm, <laughs> I'm done now I've, I've achieved what I needed to achieve I am so pleased he when he's in fairness when he stopped I think he was driving better than he ever had done and look at his times from yesterday he's dropped straight back into that a man who's not in the first flush of youth he's been the first to admit that, but all it, it would have been a shame for him to, to stop when he was uh, at what appeared to be the height of his powers, if you see what I mean. <laughs> you and make him sound like Darth Vader, John. The height of his powers. I, the I completely, speed is strong in this one. Yeah, I understand and fully agree with what you're saying. No, here. it's great. Great it's, to hear him back. He's a total enthusiast. Yeah, and to be honest, it's great that they've elected to bring Daniel Moore out aboard mm. the team as well because he's a factory Mercedes driver, mostly from what he's done on simulator work. Daniel is a genius at driving on a sim. He's got one that he's built up himself. You can check his social media for all that kind of information. But Daniel is somebody who's come up through the ranks of the IMSA championships. Not driving in this series, though. That was sort of a, a missing link for him. So yeah. for Daniel to come back and be able to show his ability in, in reality to people in North America, this is a great platform, and I think this is the start of a beautiful marriage. Well, let's, uh, let's hope he has a good season and wants to continue. The sound of uh, air guns, wheel guns in the background of Cher Adam. And an almost empty pit lane. Yeah, I was going to say, there's there's a few blue peas on my screen, but I think some of those have gone behind the wall yes. Cher now with just uh, under 10 minutes to go of this session. Uh, I, I drew attention to this yesterday, but more people on the grounds even today. And is it just me, Cher, or are there more boy and girl scouts than ever? I think there's three different campgrounds for them um, this year. 
I would agree with that, especially driving through the track last night. You see all the campfires. You see all of the people setting up their tents and then playing all sorts of camping games. Uh, It's a wonderful thing to get to camp at any speedway, let alone Daytona International Speedway. And for the Boy and Girl Scouts of America to get to have this opportunity to be close to the race cars, to watch them flying around the track from basically anywhere that you want to go see. It's a really cool experience. I mentioned yesterday as well on the infield, I know you can't see it, but we can up here and pretty much everywhere else other than the pitch you can. The two new multicolored lap scoring towers, which uh, also reflect the car numbers and their classes with the background colors. So all of the top, what is that, 14 that we're showing on there at the moment are blue backgrounds. That's because GS are blue. If there were any TCRs in there that have yellow backgrounds, that's really going to be important in the other categories where the other series where there's more categories uh, and that cycles through and also thank you to Brian Redversar who uh, reminded us that the Honda World 37 had an oil leak yesterday and uh, they might still be working on that problem Uh, and John DeGeese told me last night as well thank you John which we didn't get a chance to mention uh, on the show the that number uh, six Porsche, the uh, Porsche team Penske car. Uh, maybe a chance for you to ask them about it today, Shared. That was a wheel bearing problem on the left front. Yes. On that car. I think I've been told that. I'm not sure if I've repeated you, it on air. You spoke air, to one of the drivers who said we have Cameron. a bit of a problem at the front. Yes, and he said it's a problem that we've never seen before. Correct. Uh, so that was interesting, definitely. Sorry, um, I realise we're crossing classes there, which we really yeah. uh, shouldn't do, but there's, there's people just tuned in well, all fair. day today here on Super Saturday. So The, the other thing that I can say without uh, crossing classes is if you need to try and remember which class is which color on any sort of timing. Look at the windshield banner, particularly Ah. for the Michelin Pilot Challenge cars. It's easy to tell TCR from GT4 because they are fundamentally different beasts with different manufacturers involved in each. Uh, Hyundai, Alpha, Audi, and Honda involved in TCR with a plethora of others in GS. But when you're looking at the windshield, if the banner is blue, they're GS. If the banner is yellow, they're TCR. And those correspond on the timing towers. So, well inside the uh, last 10 minutes now. And the number of cars out on circuit. Actually, they're spread pretty well around the track at the moment. There's not big clumps of cars. so Red flag, red flag, And as I say that, we've got a red flag. And this is for the defending champion car. It is the number one of uh, Michael Lewis... And that is stopped at turn three. So that's right, oh, no. in, right in front of me. That'll and end the session, won't it, John? I would think so with five and a half minutes to go. And the BMW, the Turner BMW, is also moving slowly at the moment. Now, um, I was brought up with a detective who <laughs> said there was no such thing as a coincidence. So let's keep an eye out for... Which Turner BMW, Whitehead or the yellow? 96. 96 is back in its pit box now. Uh, would you like me to walk down that yes. way and assess it for any damage? So there, that was off course uh, around about the area where the number one car has stopped. It's on the infield. Copy. Uh, it's, 
you know that cutout just before the international hairpin there's a sort of a, a shorter version of it uh, the Hyundai has pulled up there we've got the AMR intervention Cayenne there and we've got one of the very spiffy tow trucks by the way there's a couple being held in reserve in the undercroft that are beautifully liveried with uh, a lot of chrome colours on it and that looks like a flat tow for the Hyundai number one as I say it was uh, Michael Lewis behind the wheel. What can you tell us, Dan? Well, our Turner shit. I, I can tell you um, that I'm not going to look backwards. So, are there any cars waiting at pit out? Because there are a lot of cars that have gone straight behind the wall. There's one car at pit out, and one it car. is a Camaro. Ah, the uh, 73 Honda might be receiving a penalty because they pulled into their box and now I think they are going back behind the wall. Um, let's take a quick look at this Turner BMW. Nose is fine, right side is fine. The rear, as I'm trying not to get run over by the Vanderster Racing Aston Martin, is there doing a pit please stop Please do change? try hard for uh, that shit. You know, perfect record. I'd like to keep it that way. Um, the rear is fine of the Turner BMW, and the left side is fine. So, no, this car is completely unharmed. Not sure, then, what the court caused, whether they were together. Uh, joining the Camaro, the Rebel Rock Camaro, with Robin Liddell at the wheel is another front-engined V8. Bit of Ford... Muscle this time that is the uh, ah, race the for RP59 core. Luca Mars behind the wheel of that car. By the way, Charles McCombie and the McCombie McAleer racing car had gone to the top of the times by 0 0.013 of a second uh, just before that red flag that came out. So the top, uh, let me see, the top seven now separated by half a second, and the top two by. 0 0.013 of a second as we're green back flag. to green. Wow. Really sharp recovery uh, from uh, turn three, the hairpin, the international horseshoe, and <laughs> already the Hyundai on its way back to its garage. And that's surprising several uh, teams who have put the roller tires onto their cars to send it back to the garage. So I don't know how many cars will actually be taken to the racetrack, but if I had to guess, I'd say fewer than 10. Okay. Uh, the 44 accelerating performance car was put onto wet tires and <laughs> is now realizing that it missed the gap to go back to the garage and is trying to figure out where to pull over. Uh, nope, they're just going to do a lap on the wet weather tires and then really? take those back to the garage. Yeah, because they missed the cutout by a lot. <laughs> okay. Last two minutes on the nosy. Pit lane violation on the way out. Following that red flag for the recovery of the number one Hyundai, Brian Hurt Autosport Machine. Uh, and that was the number 58, Henry O'Hara uh, McLaren, that was uh, caught slightly too quick. Crucial motorsport for that. Uh, five kilometres an hour. And the, is that the other McLaren just heading out now? The Mia McLaren? Yes, it is. The white and blue car heads out of the pit lane. And great to have them back very uh, user-friendly team, I think, and has been one of the fan favourites. They tend to throw their garage open, as do very many of the teams here. So it's all gone uh, a little bit quiet for the moment as we're counting down. I think these guys are going to get one flying lap, and That'll be it. Mm, it's going to be close. Those who've just left the pit lane may not even get that, but coming across the line now... Andrew Davis. 
great Rebel to see Andrew Davis back with uh, Robert Liddell oh. and uh, Frank Lepoo. So the two front-engined pony cars, I suppose you'd call them for the modern day, the Camaro and the Mustang, they will get this lap, but we're counting down. Also going through there goes the Supra, the number 14 car. That will get a lap because they have started it so they're allowed to finish. So does the 64, Team TGM well, Aston Martin. I was just about to say, yeah. 17, there we go, the Unitronic Audi. We were just saying that they hadn't gotten very many laps and now they are getting one more. Uh, that is the start of their 11th lap only. 14 seconds to go. Anyone gets across the line now, they'll be allowed to complete their lap. There's a few people peeling off into the pit lane and I think that's it. Those who've gone across the line just there as peeling into yep. the pit lane is Dealing the... Motorsports. That's the 74 car, the white, black, with a bright, well, dark red door on my side. Uh, it's white on my side, so that would be a spare <laughs> that they've acquired from somewhere, as the checkered flag is static, waiting for everybody else. Yeah, that is quite interesting. I like the idea of doing four different doors with four different colors on those cars. That would be a cool design. Some time ago, VW did a... I think it was a polo, what you might have called a fox over here. Yeah, uh, we had polos. All right. Well, yeah. they did a, a Harlequin version, and Ooh. literally every panel was a different VW color um, <laughs> by design. And uh, it was a special edition. Uh, I think we've got a few people peeling into the pit lane. Yeah, the yep. uh, 44 Aston Martin. The That's Accelerant the one car. that went out on the rain tires, John, uh, the accelerating performance. Uh, Mia McLaren, they weren't going to get around to start a lap, so that car is in the pit lane as well. And so, there are the two cars that did get their lap. Luca Mars uh, with 153.1. And that is the fastest lap of the session. So that literally <laughs> was one flying lap. And by 0.122 of a second, uh, Luca Mars has the fastest lap of that third session. Uh, 56. Where, for, where is Robin Liddell? Did he improve? There he is. Well, he had Andrew Davis. Uh, sorry. Uh, well, it was listed as Robin Liddell, funny oh, enough. Okay. Um, however, um, he did not improve. One or two others coming across the line. I don't think there's going to be any improvement. <laughs> Tim Gray up in London has just sent me a picture of uh, VW Harlequin. That's, that's the later version that he's sent me. Uh, we'll wrap it up there and uh, leave you on RS2 with some content which Tim is about to tell me what it is. Here you'll hear from uh, us again for the next session with the news that there's three Ford Mustangs at the top of the Times in GS ahead of two Porsche 718 Caymans and in TCR the older Audi RS3 from the Simply Vegas-sponsored Roadshagger team, the 61, was ahead of the Alfa Romeo and the best of the Honda Civics, the 73 Honda World Car. Uh, for those of you on RS2, stay tuned for uh, Porsche Penske driver Michael Christensen, who I spoke to earlier this week about his thoughts for the 2023 season. We'll be back here trackside on 107.9 in plenty of time before the next session. For Shea Adam, I'm John Hindall. Thanks to Tim Gray up in London. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. 
is a radio show limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to Imsa Radio wherever you get your podcasts.